all of us, no matter who we are, no matter what's our nationality, our background, our ethnicity, we all are pursuing happiness. Happiness guides us. It is the reason of why we do many of the things that we do every day and pretty much is the compass of our lives. It is in fact not far-fetched to say that the pursuit of happiness is the thing that unites all of us together. But can we actually become happy if we pursue happiness? Well, according to Dr. Russ Harris, medicine practitioner, psychotherapist, and best-selling author, we are actually part of a happiness trap. And what he says is essentially this, the more that we actually pursue happiness, the more miserable we become. That the pursuit of happiness, at least according to the way that we're doing it today, is actually a source of our unhappiness. And why does he say that? Well, according to Dr. Harris, if you were to study human nature as well as psychology, then the truth will be revealed. Because essentially, if you look at the modern human being, we have evolved over 200,000 years. And the way that we evolved, really, the way that our mind, our psyche was shaped, was to overcome many of the challenges towards our survival in evolution. Primarily, there were three. Firstly, there was, of course, the threat of death. You could, for example, be eaten by a creature, or you could die because of certain environmental dangers. Second, there was also a challenge of resources. Many of our ancestors, they were really living in very harsh environments where it was very difficult to get essential resources like food, even shelter, for example. Many of these things that are very important for our survival, it was a challenge back then to have these things. And then thirdly, there was also this aspect that us humans, we are part of social communities, even in our ancestral past, we are social creatures, social animals. We live in communities, in tribes, and we survive together. So there was also a challenge of being able to navigate the social hierarchy, our own social standing and status to ensure our survival. Now our ancestors in the past, the ones that were able to survive, they were able to survive because they evolved minds that would essentially help them overcome these challenges. Firstly, when it comes to the threat of death, the ancestor that had a mind that was always on the alert, worrying about potentially being harmed or being endangered, the one that was always in that state of alertness with that sort of anxiety that's crucial, they survived. When it comes to the second challenge of resources, the ancestor that was always constantly worried about resources and also constantly inquiring into his own resourcefulness and access to resources, they were the ones that survived. And when it comes to, again, the social communities that they participated in, the ancestors that were able to pick up on social cues and review his own social status, they were the ones that were well integrated in the communities. So many of these feelings, they are still a part of us today. They're very much a part of our nature. It is in fact our nature to constantly be anxious about things that happen, potential dangers, whether real or not, to always be in that alert state, to not be able to turn off our mind. It is also our nature to constantly look around, have a sense of envy, have a sense of greed, to want things, to become more resourceful in life. It is also our nature to constantly look around and see our own social status in the societies and the communities that we are part of. These feelings that I've just described pretty much sums up many of the negative feelings that we feel on a daily basis, right? Yet, they are very natural to us. It is essentially impossible to turn off these feelings. They are a part of who we are. You could try very hard to suppress them, but they are just part of how you were evolved. And so it is something that's impossible to eradicate. At the same time, we are constantly chasing happiness. What exactly is happiness then? Well, for most of us, happiness is the sense of enjoyment, 
or gratification that we feel when we are able to address many of these negative feelings that we have, these feelings that crawl up on our skin. When we're able to do certain things that relate to them, then we feel the sense of overwhelming gratification. We go into this enjoyable state. But just with these other negative feelings, they are also feelings. By their nature, they are not permanent, so they are transient. And here lies the happiness trap that we're all part of. We are constantly chasing something that is transient. The sense of gratification enjoyment, which is temporary, it's a feeling, it doesn't last. At the same time, we are trying at our whims, at all costs, to avoid and suppress and hide in the closet these negative feelings, which, by the way, is impossible to do so because they are part of how we're evolved. And that's why when we are pursuing happiness in a conventional sense, we actually become miserable because it is essentially an impossible chase. It is something that will never be achieved. So what exactly is a solution? Well, according to Dr. Harris, firstly, we have to recognize that these negative feelings that we always try to avoid and eliminate, it is a part of who we are. So rather than try and suppress them, we should embrace them, especially when we recognize them for what they are. They are signifiers. They exist to signify something to you, to act as a sort of alert, to motivate you potentially to address certain challenges that affect your life and your survival. So they exist to help you. So rather than suppress them, we should try to embrace them and utilize them to help us. We should be mindful of them, observe them when they happen, and embrace them fully. And what you'll recognize is that when you do that, they don't exactly have the same sort of overpowering feel that you had previously where it dominates you because you're no longer trying to fight it. It just sort of exists there and you're mindfully watching it and trying to read into these signifiers and what it's trying to tell you potentially, at least in terms of the challenges that you may face in your life. Perhaps it may serve as a motivator to encourage you to do certain things or take certain actions of change to improve your life. In embracing them, we also have to recognize that the environment and the lives that we have today is very different to those of our ancestors. Many of these challenges that our emotions are alerting us to it might be challenges that don't really exist in an overly substantial sense. For example, when we are constantly feeling anxious, bear in mind that many of us today live in societies and environments where we don't really have many real threats happening to us. It may be just a mind that is overly alert. Similarly, when we are feeling envious or when we are greedy about certain things, we want more resources in our lives. Oftentimes, it may be that we are actually sufficiently resourceful. We might have a lot of things ready. Maybe it is more important to have a sense of gratitude. And then when it comes to even our negative emotions that relates to our social status in our societies, bear in mind that we no longer live in tribes of 20 or 30 people. It is now a global village because of social media where we can see into the lives of millions every day. And the sense of social anxiety that we may feel may be unfounded. So there is also an element of diffusing and contextualizing the negative emotions that arises, really again in a critical assessment of whether they do truly signify a need for a change of action, a need for a change of life, or whether it is unfounded. Again, being able to tune in to our negative emotions and using it to work for us, for what they were designed to do, is a natural thing that we can do and that we should do. And it will lead us to become happy in the sense, no longer fighting these things which are second nature to us. And then when it comes to our conventional sense of happiness, this sense of gratification that we feel, bear in mind again, they are temporary. We feel them and they come and go, but again, they're not lasting. So rather than chase gratification, we should enjoy them, but also see them for what they are. 
things that we can't really put all our bets on, things that we can't necessarily rely on, the same sense that we can't rely on negative emotions to the ultimate extent. According to Dr. Harris, in order for us to achieve a rich life, we have to be able to balance both things, to really be in tune with our natural emotions, to be able to experience fully and also appreciate the happiness that we constantly feel, as well as also to embrace and utilize and appreciate the negative feelings that we feel. And that is really what will lead us to have a more satisfying and rich life. But then how can we ever truly achieve any sense of long-lasting happiness? Is there even such a thing? According to Dr. Harris, there is. But there's a different definition of happiness that we are used to. And what it is really is that true happiness, at least truly a lasting happiness, is if we are able to achieve a meaningful life. In other words, if we are able to discover our values in life and pursue these values and try to realize these values in our life to create a meaning in our lives, we actually will be in an upward spiral that will never really diminish because we can only get closer. We will instill more meaning into our life and truly, if you consider some of the happiest people in life and you truly look at them, they're not necessarily people who are necessarily the richest or the most popular. They're certainly people of value, of principle, who are doing things to realize their own meaning of life. If we are able to pursue life in this way and not be blinded by the dynamics of the positive and negative emotions we feel every day, but focus on chasing meaning in life, then we'll all become happier in our lives and escape the happiness trap.